Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field and like a merchant in search of fine pearls. We certainly can't buy our way into heaven, but nothing in life is of greater value than the kingdom of heaven and the search for wisdom. Wise Solomon conveyed the same idea to his son, saying, The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. He also told his sons, If you search for wisdom as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Are you a treasure hunter? In Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Are you a treasure hunter? Are you willing to seek after godly wisdom with perseverance and passion? Hello and thanks for stopping by for today's edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. My name is Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. And the Bible tells us that we will seek God and find Him if we seek Him with all our heart. Today, Ron reminds us of what the pursuit of wisdom looks like. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. Stay with us here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to catch any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Why Sayings, Guidance for Everyday Life, here's Ron in part two of his Something Good Radio message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. So remember that when you go into the voting booth. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. But I want somebody who at least respects our Judeo-Christian principles and the heritage there, and who has an honor and a respect for God who walks in the fear of the Lord, because a leader in the White House or any other House of Congress who does that, we have a much better chance of protecting the homeland. So what's true nationally, well, let's say is also true personally. Personally, because remember, Solomon is talking to his son here. Uh, this, this is counsel from a parent to a child, and he says, listen, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Oh, I know you went to that highfalutin university down the street there and got all that, that knowledge. You got yourself educated. But there is no true education apart from the knowledge of God. You know that, don't you? And the fear of the Lord. Solomon's already made that clear to his son in chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Now he's reiterating that. Uh, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for them. He is a shield, a shield of protection to those who walk in integrity. I, I know of no other person who walks in more insecurity than the person who does not walk in integrity, doing the best he or she can in the power of the Holy Spirit to honor the Lord and to walk in His ways. Solomon said, wisdom will guard the paths of justice and watch over the way of His saints. It's one of the hidden treasures of wisdom. You get after this, valuing it more than anything, any other pursuit in your life, the knowledge of God, the wisdom from above, and what you're going to find is that one of the treasures you discover is God protects His kids. 
He watches over those who honor him and honor his word. Number two, here's another um, hidden treasure of wisdom. It's character development. It's character development. Let's read on in verses 9 through 11. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Solomon in his uh, Old Testament proverbial kind of way is describing this idea that wisdom produces a strong sense of personal ethics and the development of personal character. Uh, By the way, you do know that as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, it is the normal Christian life to grow in Christ-like character and to grow in godly wisdom. That, that, that's part of the normal Christian life, but it's not automatic. Yes, God loves you just the way you are, and we can all take great comfort in that. But did you know this? He loves you too much to leave you that way and to leave me as the old stubborn self that I am. No, he's in the business of transforming us into the image of his son. That means change is about to happen in your life and in my life if we're really getting after this wisdom thing. In fact, if you turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1, go with me there for just a second. Hold your place in Proverbs 2. We'll go back there. But 2 Peter chapter 1 And verse 5 says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Do you understand the the progression of godly character there and and, and, and the development of godly virtues? Verse 8, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing... They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, there's nothing in what Peter said there that says, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. There's an old Greek and Hebrew word for that. It's called hogwash. (laughs) You don't understand, you know, what what theologians call the process of sanctification. That's, that's, That's what God does to us Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, as we grow up in Christ, he's sanctifying us, setting us apart, making us more like Jesus. And yet, sometimes that's a painful process, is it not, friends? The Bible says of Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, even as a young boy, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Do you know how many times I've prayed that for my own kids as they were growing up? It's a great prayer, parents that God would raise them up in wisdom, that they would grow in wisdom, that's, let's say, intellectually, in stature, physically, in favor with God, spiritually, and in favor with men, horizontally. You got all the bases covered there. It was normal and natural for, for Jesus, even in his humanity, to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. It's, it's a normal part of the Christian life as well to have the expectation to have the expectation that we grow in those ways as well. But as I said earlier, it's not automatic. It's not automatic for you or for me to grow in godly character and in godly wisdom any more than it is automatic for, uh, let's say, some athletic team to win on the field. Most of you know our kids are are athletes. They're both uh, NCAA athletes. My son's playing basketball at Wheaton College. My son goes to 
or my daughter goes to Villanova next year to play softball. And uh, I was talking to my son recently. He had, a, he had a really incredible observation about winning and champions, and they're having a really tough season. They're like 5-14 and 14 this year. It's a rebuilding year, they say, okay? But uh, he says, you know, Dad, everybody on the team wants to win. And who wouldn't? I mean, if you're an athlete and you're on the team, you want to win. He says, but Dad, not everybody hates to lose. And there's a big difference between the two. There's a difference between winners and losers, champions and chumps on the athletic field. Everybody wants to win. But do they hate losing as much, if not more, than they want to win? I know a lot of people who come to church and they call themselves Christians. Oh, yeah, I'd like to be like Jesus. But do you hate sin, the sin that you've been coddling for so long? Do you hate sin as much, if not more, than you want to be like Jesus? Do you hate foolishness as much as you desire wisdom? Oh, you've got to get after wisdom like it's the most precious thing you have ever gotten after. But I don't know that that's even enough to desire it so much. you got to hate. Amos chapter 5 and verse 15 says, hate evil, love good. And there's something in this development of godly character and, and godly wisdom where, the, where there's a balance in both. And there's, there's something inside of me as I look inside my own self and that part of me that's not rightly related with God, i got to hate that. Hate that maybe even more so than I want to say, yeah, I want to be like Jesus today until I really hate sin and the way it destroys my life like God hates it. Maybe I'll never really get after this thing called wisdom and let the Holy Spirit do his part in shaping me and molding me and transforming me into the image of Christ like he's resident in me to do. You follow me there? These are just some of the hidden treasures of wisdom. When you get after it, like it's the most precious thing in your life, get after it like it's hidden treasure, buried treasure, and you're going to plow through all the resistance, the world, the flesh, and the devil to, to get to this thing called wisdom. You'll, you'll discover homeland security. You'll discover character development. Thirdly, you'll, you'll discover that this wisdom will deliver you from the evil man and later from the adulterous woman. But let's just talk about the evil man for now. Verse 12, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. What does this sound a lot like? Well, it sounds a lot like chapter 1, verses 10 and following when, when Solomon uh, talked about choosing friends wisely. Remember that a couple of weeks ago? And he tried to guide his son away from the corrupt crowd that wanted him to run along with him. It's the same crowd here. Men of perverted speech. They forsake the paths of uprightness. They walk in the ways of darkness. They rejoice in doing evil. They delight in the perverseness of evil. Their paths are crooked. And their ways are, 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 are devious, Solomon says. Uh, wisdom, God's wisdom, will deliver you from that. When you saturate your heart and your mind with wisdom from above, it, you, you're going to be able to discern when this is a bad crowd to go with. And you'll make the right choice, hopefully. 
My grandfather, when uh, he went on his family vacations and he planned for them, this is before the days of you know, GPS. He would have loved a GPS. Today, when we want to go from this place to that place, we just type in an address and boom, seconds later, we have the, the pathway. Usually it gives us three different paths, right? And it requires a little bit of wisdom to know which path is the best. But before those days, my grandfather was a member of the AAA Motor Club. Remember the AAA Club? They're probably still in existence. And my grandfather, who was a meticulous planner of everything, including his vacations, you know, uh, two weeks, even two months before, he'd make his trips down to the AAA Motor Club, and he'd sit with the person who'd get out all the maps of this state, and that's all the states that we would go through, and they would take a highlighter, and they would map the best path. It was great to sit down with the AAA Motor Club because they had the latest information about which road to take and which road not to take. It might look okay on the map to go this way, but they say, no, there's a lot of construction on this one, or this is only a two-lane road. You need to be on the big super highways. And it showed my grandfather the right path to travel. Did you see the word path there in verses 12 to 15 describing this evil man, uh, men whose paths are crooked. You need something equivalent to the AAA Motor Club, uh, this wisdom from above to guide you away from those crooked paths so that you're taking the best paths in life and you're living life skillfully. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If it's been a while since you stopped by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, you might want to pay us a visit. We've released a new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television. You'll also find our digital library where you can search for biblical answers to some of your most challenging questions. Watch, listen, and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Some of life's greatest adventures take place on a road trip. Nothing is more enjoyable than traveling the open highway with the windows rolled down and the music turned up. Each town, each exit, an experience all its own. Hello friend, I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio, and today I'm inviting you to take a road trip with me. You see, I'm convinced that reading the Bible is the greatest literary adventure you can ever take. But with 66 books, two testaments, and more than 600,000 words, it can be a daunting journey to attempt. That's why I wrote my two-volume book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, where I give you a bird's-eye view of God's Word so you can clearly see how it all fits together. All 66 books of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, so pack your bags and join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. You'll be glad you did. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2 can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, not only did you break this project up into two volumes, 
but you created what you call eight different road trips, five in the Old Testament and three in the New. Help our listeners understand the motivation behind that literary structure. You know, Brian, categorizing the various books of the Bible into eight separate groups is nothing new. Uh, They include the books of the law, the Old Testament historical books, uh, the wisdom books, the major prophets, the minor prophets. Then we're into the Gospels and the early church, the Pauline epistles, and we finish up with the general epistles in Revelation. But when I first decided to compare the reading of God's Word to a travel adventure, well, it took me almost no time to come up with the phrase road trip to identify these eight sections of Scripture. Uh, What I believe the reader will begin to see a little more clearly is that the books of the law, for example, point to the person and work of Jesus Christ as much as the Gospels do. That's because the Bible is one story with one main character. His name is Jesus, and he is the Christ. My hope is that by experiencing the 66 books of the Bible as eight separate road trips, uh, this overarching theme will be easier to recognize and understand. Such a great idea, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. You can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. And now let's get back to the rest of today's message, The Hidden Treasures of Wisdom. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Uh, the same counsel is for d- uh, the, the idea of being delivered from the adulterous woman. Uh, Solomon goes on in verse 16 and he says, So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. What a warning Solomon gives. And it's the first time he mentions the forbidden woman, the strange woman, the adulterous woman. He's going to have a lot to say about it in chapters 5, 6, and 7. And in a few weeks, we're going to talk about making wise choices about sex. But he introduces it here to his son. He says, if you get wisdom... And above anything else you pursue in life, you get God's insight on life. It'll not only help you deliver you from the evil man, but also deliver you from the adulterous woman. Notice uh, the evil man uses perverted speech, but the adulterous woman uh, uses smooth words. She'll flatter you, or he will flatter her. Let's just turn it around. Uh, Tell you what you want to hear. Draw you into their seduction. A flattery is not communication, as somebody once said. Flattery is manipulation. And the, the strange woman, the adulterous woman, the adulterous man, we might say too, is, is, uh, is masterful at this, at manipulating a situation and drawing you into that seductive net. You need wisdom from above. You need a heart that is, is, is digging deep into God's wisdom to steer clear of that because the world, the flesh, and the devil is going to come at you tomorrow. I know it will. I know it will. And you're going to need God's wisdom uh, to steer clear of that. Solomon goes on to summarize. 
in verses 20 and 22. He says, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Proverbs is masterful in in giving us kind of two choices in life. Kind of reminds me of Robert Frost's poem. You know, I I came to that two roads diverged in a wood, uh, to that that place where I had a choice to make. And Robert Frost says, I I chose the path less traveled by. Remember that one? Probably memorized it as a kid. I obviously didn't. (laughs) But it kind of reminds me of even the words of Jesus where he says, um, you know, there's a wide path that the world travels on, and it's, it's all uh, padded down and worn out because lots of people go that way, but it leads to destruction. And then Jesus says there's a narrow path and a narrow road. And Jesus in his wisdom teaching, Proverbs, you know, just, just lays out the, the pathway of the wise, the pathway of the foolish, uh, the pathway of, of the righteous, and the pathway of the wicked. And if you want to be on the right path in life, if you want to discover some of these hidden treasures of wisdom that will help you live life skillfully and successfully, then you're going to have to want this more than you want anything else in life. Thanks for stopping by for today's Something Good Radio message. Dr. Ron Jones joins me. Ron, one of the central points of your message today is the importance of seeking wisdom with passion and intensity. I thought you might like to expound on that idea because it seems like a real key to healthy Christian living. It really is, Brian. As we know, Jesus often taught in parables, and those who heard them often didn't understand Jesus. In fact, even the disciples didn't understand him sometimes. So they would go to him and ask him to explain his teaching. And that's when he'd go back and add an explanation so that they would understand what he was showing them. Now, two things are going on here. First, the disciples persisted. That is, they really wanted to get the wisdom Jesus had to offer them. So they pulled him aside and asked. Second, this shows the willingness of Jesus to not only expound upon his parable, but the patience to bring the disciples along at their own pace. Now, when we apply this to the message I shared today about the hidden treasures of wisdom, what we discover is that we have a role to play in our own spiritual growth, in our own accumulation of wisdom. We should always be looking, always be searching, always be asking. The Lord says uh, we will seek him and find him when we seek him with all our heart. And that's my prayer for myself and for our listeners and for you, Brian, that we will be people who seek passionately after God, after his wisdom. And when we do, uh, he'll be faithful to impart that wisdom to us. That's Dr. Ron Jones talking to us about the passion and perseverance it takes to gain the blessing of godly wisdom. Tomorrow on Something Good, we continue our study of Proverbs in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Secrets of a Successful Life. Ron, give us a quick preview. 
Well, Brian, the world defines success in a variety of ways, but generally speaking, they all come down to personal achievement. Whether it's making money or becoming famous or building a business, the world takes a look at what you've accomplished and labels you a success or failure, or maybe something in between, based almost entirely on this standard. But in God's eyes, success is something entirely different. It involves faith in God. It involves the pursuit of His divine wisdom. Uh, Most importantly, it means putting that wisdom into practice. It's not an easy road, but it's the only road that leads to true wisdom, which means trying to gain wisdom any other way is impossible. So as we move ahead in our series, Wise Sayings from the book of Proverbs, We'll take a look at how we can be truly successful according to the Word of God. We hope you join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Secrets of a Successful Life. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.